When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This Ace Cast download is brought to you by Link Soul. Check out their spring collection. Go to linksoul.com and by Nest Bedding. Love where you sleep. Go to nestbedding.com. This is Green and Gold History. 50 plus years of stories, championships, and colorful characters. This is Ace Baseball. This is Green and Gold History. Hi, this is Vince Catronio. Each week all season, we're celebrating the Oakland Athletics' rich postseason history with a look back at decades of postseason success. So as we hearken back, let's relive some of the greatest playoff games in Oakland on this edition of Green and Gold History. It is true in most moments in your life, you always remember your first. And that is no different for the Oakland Athletics. After being swept in the 71 playoffs by Baltimore, the A's returned in 72 to win the playoff series against the Detroit Tigers and go to the World Series. In Game 1 of the 1972 American League Championship Series, their first ever playoff victory is one of the greatest playoff games in Oakland history. First, some pretext. The 72 season started late because of a player strike. And with 86 games wiped out and not rescheduled, it meant some teams played more than others. It helped the Tigers, who won the East by just one half game over Boston, simply because they played one more game. Oakland's roster seemed poised for a playoff run after a 93-win season. Game one was at the Coliseum, featuring Catfish Hunter versus Mickey Lolich. The A's led the league with 134 home runs, and Mike Epstein clubbed 26 to pace the club and remembered what it was like to face Lolich. Well, you know, Lolich was a tough pitcher. I mean, he, he had a punch and he was a donut king. He loved donuts and he owned donut restaurants in Detroit and stuff. But, but I'll tell you what, the son of a gun could really pitch. He had a great sinker. He threw hard enough to make it effective and he had a great slider. So he was tough on left-handers and they were a tough, tough team. Veteran team and Boy, they came to play. They were tough. The Tigers were third of the league in home runs. And first baseman Norm Cash got Detroit on the board first in the second inning. So he hasn't hit a homer since August 13th. Sends that one to deep right field, and it is gone. That's a home run. It, they hit something right over the wall and bounced back in the playing field. But Norm Cash, who hadn't had a homer since August 13th, the Tigers ahead, one to nothing. For the ball game, talking to Cash, he was saying, you know, Hunter really has given me trouble almost all of my career. But then Joe Rudy tied the game for the A's in the bottom of the third. A high drive in the center field. Northrop's under it. Campanaris will score on this. Alou tagged it first, didn't go. And the game is tied one to one. The gamer made 1-1 into the 11th inning. Catfish went into the ninth for the A's. Vida faced one batter, and Raleigh Fingers followed. Future Hall of Famer Al Kaline, who broke into the majors as an 18-year-old in 1955, 
was in his final postseason series and echoed the memories of seasons gone by for the Tiger great in the 11th. There's a long drive into deep left. That ball going back, back. It is a home run for Al Kaline. Kaline has done it again for the Tigers. He carried them on his back the last two weeks, and he's homered here in the 11th as a 20-year veteran. Puts the Tigers out in front, 2-1. to one. In the bottom of the 11th, Sal Bando led off with a single, and Blue Moon Odom pinch ran. Up next, Mike Epstein ready again to face Lulich, who was still on the mound. There goes Odom. Hit and run, base hit to left. Odom is up. And he stumbled going into second. A force out at third on a Gene Tennis bunt still had runners at first and second. Dick Williams summoned Gonzalo Marquez, a rookie from Venezuela who had only 21 at-bats in the big leagues that season, to pinch in. And what ensued was unbelievable. One ball, two strikes to count on Marquez. Runners now at first and second. And if they don't do it in this inning, it'll be all over. Selbach ready again. Here's the pitch. Outside down, right field, base hit. Here comes Mark Keegan, rounding third. He's heading home. Tennis going to third. He's going to be close. The ball gets away. Tennis rounds third. He's coming in. He scores. The A's win. An unforgettable memory in what was the first ever playoff win in Oakland A's history. Game one of the 1972 championship series versus the Detroit Tigers. One of the greatest games in Oakland A's history. A 104 win team with a coveted collection of offense, defense, and pitching. That was the 1988 Oakland A's. They rolled through the season winning the West by 13 while their playoff opponent, the Boston Red Sox, narrowly beat Detroit by one game to continue their quest to erase the curse of the Bambino. But in the American League Championship Series, the A's raced out to a 3-0 lead in that series, and it set up the chance on Sunday, October 9th, in front of 49,000 frenzied fans, to send the A's back to the World Series for the first time since 1974. And that game, Game 4 of the ALCS, is one of the greatest playoff games in Oakland history. 21-game winner Dave Stewart and 18-win lefty Bruce Hurst faced off in Game 1, and once again were paired together for Game 4. Stu quickly retired the game's first two batters, but then got in trouble with two outs, with two walks, and a single setting up an early test facing Dwight Evans. Remember, there is equal pressure here. Yes, Dave Stewart has, a th has to throw strikes. 2-2 to, to Evans, and he struck him out with the bases loaded. Gets out of a major jam. One of Oakland's Bash brothers made an early entrance in the bottom of the first. Jose Canseco was at the plate with two outs in the first and got the A's on the board versus Hurst. Canseco, right center field, ball is well hit. Way back, way back. It's out of here. With a 1-0 lead in the bottom of the third, the A's look to strike again. Weiss and Lansford opened the frame with back-to-back -back singles, sending Dave Henderson to the plate. Hendu, a Dos Palos native, came home that season as a free agent and put together his best season with a 304 average, 24 homers, and 94 RBIs. So this special moment is something he was waiting for going back to his days in his backyard. 1-1 to Henderson. Left 
field, base hit. Weiss will make the turn. He's on his way home. And going to third base is Lambert, and in second with a double. And the RBI double is Dave Henderson. Meanwhile, Stu was taking charge on the mound. He led the league in 1988 with 275 innings and 14 complete games. Part of his seven strong innings that day was dominating the future Hall of Famer Jim Rice in the fourth. One and two to Jim Rice, and he struck him out. And Dave Stewart, true to his nickname of smoke, is throwing smoke. And he throws the ball right by Jim Rice in this situation. Stu came out of the game after an eighth inning leadoff single by Ellis Burks. Tony La Russa summoned Rick Honeycutt with a 2-1 lead to face Marty Barrett. Times were different then, and Barrett had led the league in sacrifices for three consecutive years, giving the Red Sox a chance to push the tying run into scoring position. But after two strikes, Honeycutt had control of the at-bat, and the defense did the rest. 2-1 Oakland. Third base, Lansford's there. They got the force, the relay, double play. Honeycutt eventually caved Mike Greenwell for the final out of the top of the eighth, and the offense went back to work to build a bigger lead. That's where the other half of the Bash brothers, Mark McGuire, did his part. Up the middle, base hit McGuire. Canseco making the turn with Beavers waving him home. Burke's throw is on the way. It's a 3-1 game. Don Baylor added a sacrifice fly, and the A's led 4-1 as they went to the ninth. Dennis Eckersley, who led the league with 45 saves during the regular year, came on to close it out, and only Jody Reed stood in the way for Oakland to return to the Fall Classic. Back goes Gallego, and the Oakland A's have won the American League pennant. And so for the first time in 14 years, this juggernaut A's team returned to the World Series with a four-game sweep of the Boston Red Sox. And game four of that ALCS is one of the greatest playoff games in Oakland history. The world as we knew it in 2020 was so different affecting every facet of everyone's lives, baseball included. The pandemic ravaged season comprised of only 60 regular season games, the majority of which were played in empty stadiums, then leading to the largest playoff pool in MLB history. The A's won the West by seven games over Houston, and the Chicago White Sox finished at a tie for second in the AL Central, setting Chicago to the Coliseum for the opening round of the Wild Card Series. Game two is one of the greatest playoff games in Oakland history. It was just the best of three series, and Oakland lost the opener 4-1. Game two featured Chris Bassett versus Dallas Keuchel, and the A's struck in the first inning thanks to a perfectly bouncing ball. Here's the pitch where the base is loaded. Swung on a ground ball to the hole to his left, and it gets away from Madrigal and rolls into right field. One run is in, two runs are going to score, and the A's take a 2-0 lead. Lacella scored from third behind him. Laureano from second. Pinder goes to second. He is have the early lead. Second baseman Madrigal going to his left. Had a play on that ball, Ray. Couldn't yep. play it. Kind of boxed it. The ball went behind him and rolled into right. And just watch the replay. It hits the back lip. The lip on the back of the infield. Bop right there. That's right. Yeah, and it hit it. Popped it up over his glove. 
And I don't care if it's a hit or an error, it's two runs for the A's. The heck with the statistics. Marcus Simeon finished the 2020 season with the A's as free agency was looming. He hit only 223, a career low. But it didn't stop him from making a statement in the bottom of the second inning. Now, and here's Simeon. Applied to right. A's lead 2-0. Marcus hits a deep drive into center. Robert going back to the track. He'll turn and watch it fly. And the A's have doubled their lead on a center field home run by Simeon. And it's 4-0 A's in the second. A line smash about 30 feet left or straightaway center field. The White Sox were battling back in the top of the third with back-to-back singles by Nick Madrigal and Tim Anderson. Then Yoan Moncada stepped to the plate, and Mark Hanna's play stepped back into history. Got a switch hitter batting left, and a changeup lifts to left center field in the gap. On the run back is Canna to the wall, jumps at the wall, he's got it! A Joe Rudy-type catch against the wall, trying to double off the trailing runner Anderson. He just gets back in time. What a play by Mark Hanna, scaling the padding in left center field. A play that would make Joe Rudy smile. Wow. Chris Davis was no longer the offensive force he once was. Went from 2016 to 2019, he blasted 156 home runs. But he came back to life in the bottom of the fourth. 2-2 pitch driven to left. A play for Garcia. He's going to take a look at it. Will go! Chris Davis bombs one on Keuchel, and he points toward the A's fans out at center field. It's 5-0 Oakland. While the A's built up a 5-0 lead, the White Sox rallied back to tighten the score to 5-3. A loss, and the A's would be bounced again in another first-round playoff. The bases were loaded in the top of the ninth, and reliever Jake Diekman faced league MVP Jose Abreu who had 60 RBIs in the 60-game season. Win or go home. Outfield is room in left center. Infield the pole. Diekman turns, delivers, and Abreu hits a one-hopper to second. Orff has it. Turns, throws to first for the out. It wasn't easy. It wasn't even close to easy in the ninth inning, but the A's have forced the game three. Man, that was a lot of work. Whoa. Man, if your heart's not beating fast in a game like this, a little knot in your stomach, something's wrong. The White Sox leave three in the ninth, and the A's hang on, and they win it by the score of five to three. And the A's and the White Sox will decide this wild card series tomorrow, just after noon. There would be another day for the A's of the 2020 postseason, thanks to the 5-3 victory in game two of the 2020 wild card series. One of the greatest playoff games in Oakland history. By the time the 1990 American League Championship Series came around, the Athletics were defending World Series champs and looking to return to the Fall Classic for the third consecutive season. They were a team full of superstars, but their veteran second baseman, Mike Gallego, was in the right place at the right time throughout Game 4, and his performance makes this game one of the greatest postseason games in Oakland history. The A's were on the verge of sweeping the Red Sox. And game four was a rematch from game one between Dave Stewart and Roger Clemens. After back-to-back one-out singles in the second by Carney Lansford and Terry Steinbach, Mark McGuire was at the plate and won the intimidation battle with the Rocket. The one-two pitch. Two balls and two strikes. 
Bauer took a look out at Clemens <laughs> as that pitch sailed towards his head. Kind of shook his head, said it sounded kind of close. Not, not quite chin music, about Bill of the Cat music. Not really as close as Mark McGuire thought it was, but from Roger Clemens, don't blame him for ducking. Ground ball hit to the hole, a throw to third base. The tag is made, but the run is going to score. As Steinbach is retired, Carney Lansford comes in on McGuire's fielder's choice ground ball, and it's one to nothing A's. First time the A's score first in this series. Then, one of the most bizarre things ever in playoff history occurred. Willie Randolph walked. Gallego was at the plate, but before Clemens could throw a pitch, listen to Dick Stockton and Jim Cott describe what happened next. Terry Cooney arguing with Tony Pena, and Joe Morgan gets into the fray now. And you don't often see a manager get thrown in a playoff or a series. Weaver has, Earl Weaver in the past. I thought that possibly it was a balk call, and Cooney came from behind home plate. I mean, Morgan is livid, and I'm wondering whether he's ejected Clemens. First of all, the scouting report on the umpires, and yeah, this is a rotation system. You don't get the six top-rated umpires, but Terry Cooney is one, if you ask managers and players, has a very short fuse, tends to get upset a little easily. This is an example of it. He just threw something out towards... Vic Voltaggio. Clemens is coming after Cooney because I think he just realized Cooney has ejected it. Obviously, Clemens was shouting some things down at Cooney about the questionable balls and strikes. I got to tell you, even though you're not allowed to do that, in a game like this, you don't throw out a pitcher like this. With Clemens ejected, Tom Bolton was summoned from the bullpen. And Gallego, ever patient, was ready to pounce. And the pitch. Swung on, cracked high and deep to center. Burks has got a long run. He's not going to get there. It bounces up the center field wall. One run is in. Randolph is all the way around from first to score. And the A's lead by a score of three to nothing. And the smallest of the athletics hits the biggest shot of the inning. Mike Gallego on a 3-1 pitch. Concerned about what a new pitcher can do to a ball club, changing, shifting gears. I think Gallego just set everybody's mind at ease. He got a fastball that he could handle, and so many times we have seen the outfield play shallow with Gallego to the plate. This one hit the warning track at center field. Stu cruised again, eight plus dominant innings, and winning another encounter head to head with Clemens. One of his nine wins, including four in the postseason, facing him. Red Sox did get a run in the ninth, and Rick Honeycutt came in to close out this incredible run by the A's. And the pitch. Line drive, one hop, Gallego takes it at short, throw to first, and the A's win the pennant for the third straight year. Out they come from the dugout and the bullpen, and the Red Sox, one last shot, goes down the drain. And the celebration commences out in the middle of the infield. Give Greenwell credit. He hit the ball in the nose again. But give Gallego credit. He handled that low line drive bullet that skipped to the left of second and threw him out to end the inning in the ball game. In the ninth inning, a run, two hits, no errors, and none left for the Red Sox. So the A's become a team now that joins... The most recent three consecutive champion winners, the Yankees of the 76-78 era, the A's of 72 threatened through 74, and the Baltimore Orioles 
from 69 through 71. A 3-1 win, a series sweep, and return engagement to the World Series. Game four of the 1990 ALCS is one of the greatest playoff games in Oakland history. Uh, once it got by him, it was uh, off to the races. I tried to stay as loose as I could, and I saw uh, Wash with the, the go sign around third. I think I kind of tensed up, hit a wall, and just gave it everything I had left and came across and, you know, showed a little more emotion than I'm used to showing. But, uh, you know what, it's the playoffs. Uh, it's, it's an exciting time, and, uh, you know, I think, it, I think it's acceptable, I hope. Those words came from Mark Kotze following one of the most exciting moments in Oakland A's postseason history. Game two of the 2006 Division Series versus the Minnesota Twins is remembered as one of the greatest playoff games in Oakland history. The A's shocked Johan Santana and the 96-win Twins in game one in their house with a thrilling 3-2 win in the best-of-five series. Game two featured Esteban Loiza versus Boof Bonzer, and both were on point through four scoreless innings. Marco Scudero who used this series as a chance to grab the spotlight, opened the scoring for the A's in the fifth inning. We're scoreless in the Metrodome as Scudero stands in for the A's against Booth Bonzer. And the right-hander working out of the stretch. Ellis is on deck and the pitch to Scudero is lined down the right field line. That's a base hit. That goes to the wall. Turning at third and scoring easily is Swisher on a double down the right field line by Scudero as the A's take a 1-0 lead. Simply trying to get the runner over to third base, and Marco Scudero, great job going to right field and gets himself at second base. Back to back doubles by Swisher and Scudero to lead off in the fifth. Jason Kendall, like Kotze, had never experienced postseason baseball until this year, and he added to the Oakland advantage. Outfield plays Kendall toward right, shallow and right is Kadire. Out of the stretch, Bonzer. Here's the 0-1 now. Kendall, it's a line drive. Base hit left field. Scoring from third is Scudero. Three hits for the A's in the top of the fifth inning. 2-0 Athletics. Jason Kendall's first postseason hit. A big one driving in a run. And, oh, by the way, the first two hits with runners in scoring position in this series. Scudero and now Jason Kendall. And great execution by the A's in this inning. All the hitters trying to do their part to advance runners, and the A's have scored two. The A's lead didn't have much staying power, as the Twins used the long ball in the bottom of the sixth to tie the game. First, Michael Kadire, then Justin Morneau. Bottom of the sixth inning, 2-0 A's. Loiza into the windup, and the 3-2 pitch is hit the deep left, way back, and it's gone, no doubt about it. Halfway up the seats in the lower deck in left field. Michael Gadire leads off the bottom of the sixth with a home run. And now it's a two to one ball game. It's now two to one in favor of the A's in the sixth inning. Eliza shakes off a sign. Now ready. And here's the one two pitch. Hit the deep right. Way back. Tie ball game. Upper deck. A's two, Minnesota two. A tie game into the seventh inning, and Pat Neshack allowed a Mark Ellis single but recorded two outs. And that's when Twins manager Ron Gardenhire went for Southpaw Denny's Reyes. Reyes had a microscopic 0.89 ERA that season, and the Twins wanted the left-on-left -left matchup for Kotze. 
Mark had played nearly 300 Major League games without a taste of October, and yet he was ready for this moment. Here comes the 3-1. Fastball hit in the air to center field. Sinking fast, coming on. Diving toward his hunter. He missed it, and it's by him, and it's all the way to the wall. Kendall will score. Kotze's to third base. Washington is going to wave him home. Here comes Kotze. Here comes the relay. The slide. He's in there. Inside the park. Home run. Mark Kotze. Unbelievable. Oakland added an insurance run in the ninth, and Houston Street dodged some traffic in the bottom of the ninth to close it out. Street ready. He deals. Swung on. Popped up. Third base side. Playable. Short left field. Scudero going back. Fair territory. He's got it. And the A's have won it. It wasn't easy in the ninth, but Street gets the job done. Nick Puzo representing the potential tying run pops up in fair territory back a third scooter on went back to make the play and the A's have taken a two games to none lead. Borkatze and Jason Kendall two veterans who finally enjoyed some October success and that's why game two of the 2006 division series is one of the greatest playoff games in Oakland history. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.